Today's guest is an amazing, phenomenal musician. He plays not just one guitar, but two guitar necks on one guitar at the same time. And if you've ever watched any of his videos or if you've ever seen him in concert, you know that he is something special. I can't wait to bring you this interview with Mark Cruz. In a culture that scoffs at honor, you can rise up to lead and to shine. It's time to be the best man that you can be. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Hatcher. Gentlemen, Mark Cruz is a personal friend of mine. I've gotten to know him over the years. He has come into town and played. In the most recent time, he got to stay here with my family, and I can't tell you how much of a great time we had with him. So I can't wait for you to listen to this interview that's coming up with Mark. But before we do that, I want to remind you, if you want to become a better man, we've got a couple avenues for you. The first one is the Manlyhood Man Cave. It's free. It's our free private Facebook group for men only. Just go into Facebook, type in Manlyhood Man Cave, answer a couple questions, we'll approve you. You can then join the group, and we will talk to you. <laughs> It'd be great to see you there. The next thing, and this is something that's in the works, we're developing a program that's going to help men like you to become a better husband, a better father, a better leader, a better citizen, and there's going to be some courses, things you can learn. There's going to be lots of free ebooks. There's going to be some coaching where you can talk about the things that you want to accomplish and we can help you break that down with a system into a plan and hold you accountable to that plan with some coaching calls. So I cannot wait to see you be a part of this. It's coming soon. If you want to be one of the first people to know, just go to manlyhood.com slash brotherhood. Get us your email address. We'll let you know as soon as we launch. Again, guys, Mark Cruz, phenomenal musician, phenomenal man. This interview is something special. Let's give it a listen. So, Mark, I'm really glad to have you today. Actually, you are my first in-person guest, which I'm really excited about because I get to kind of use my That is cool awesome, Josh. I didn't <laughs> even know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all my guests so far have been kind of virtual, and um, and that's been fun, you know, but mm. it's kind of cool to be able to be face to face. So I thank you for saying, Hey, you know what? Let's just shoot it when we come up on tour to do. Yeah. The concert, yeah. So. I, I appreciate you having me. It's going to be a fun concert today. I guess by the time everybody sees this, the concert will be long gone and over with and everything. Yeah. And we, the, the good time will have been had. Yeah. Maybe they'll catch you for the next concert. You know, so. I, I will be back to <laughs> Northwest Pennsylvania. I love it here. Awesome. So. Why don't you tell me a little bit about, Mark, about the music that you make? Because, like, you know, some people just get up and they sing songs and they play guitar. Like, you're doing something a little different. Yeah, so uh, before the pandemic, I, um, I I toured for 10 years as an instrumental guitar player. And the thing that I do, the, the main thing that I do that I, I kind of built my career off of was I, I played two guitar necks at the same time. And that's a double neck ovation guitar. Uh, it's an acoustic guitar. 
And I, I use a technique, you'd call it tapping, uh, or hammer-ons and pull-offs, where you press down on the string and then you release the string. And you do that with different notes. You can make, you with that combination of those hammer-ons and pull-offs, you can make entire melodies with just one hand. Then you can bring the same idea over to the other hand Add in things like hitting the strings with your thumb, hitting the body of the guitar. You can get a whole kind of a whole drum set going on the guitar. And it's almost sort of that one-man band kind of feel without putting cymbals between my knees. I sure. haven't started doing that just yet, <laughs> you know. Um, and it, it's, it's something that's really fun to, to take that instrument and see what's possible to do with it because it's uh, it's really opened up a lot of creative doors like oh I didn't know I didn't I, I didn't think it was possible for me to do that but yeah and it's it's been encouraging and empowering and uh, it's it's really been a blessing to have it awesome I, yeah. I think it's fun to watch because it's it's different you know, not like yeah. you see people doing the tapping and, and some of that kind of music, but they're not doing two guitars at the same time. And that's, I think, kind of what makes, and I know that's not the only kind of music you do, but that's kind of the core of it. And I think it makes it fun. That's, that's what ends up on the posters. Right. You know, it's, right. it's, 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 it's the reason that folks bring me in is that kind of thing. Um, the, the, the pandemic, you know, is kind of funny. I, um, I, I put my guitar just in its case during the pandemic, and I at least that double neck guitar. Uh, when we came up on that, um, my wife Nora and I we were we had been on the road for full like full time for two years at that point, and I was getting pretty burnt out. You know, I was getting this cruise ship show together, um, almost. I mean, and it was it was it was a cool show, and I was excited about it. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like I was speeding toward a wall. I was. It was almost like I was kind of trying to get out of. Like I was just getting so tired. I was getting so sick, man. Mm-hmm. Like just, just fatigued, exhausted. Like, um, and and I was. I, we had this show that we'd put together, and we filmed it at Eastern Kentucky University, um, and. It, it was awesome. It was great. And the guys that helped us put that show together, they were phenomenal. And we were so excited about this cruise ship show, even though like deep down, I'm, I am like, I am like kind of burning out at the time. And we filmed the show and it was great. And they did a great job. And then the pandemic hit and just like all the wind just went right out of the sails. Um, and it was it was just we, I did one virtual concert after you know after the pandemic hit, um, and I was just like I did not I did not transfer over to the streaming thing very well you know I did not transfer over to that and I I'd like to get better at it but I essentially I I needed that to happen I mean like it it needed to happen for and it was hard man like it was hard to have something that you know that I'd worked on for for 10 years you know that I'd that I'd put like really you know I'd made it my life's work as you call mm-hmm. it or whatever and I needed that to fall apart man like like sometimes we need those sorts of things to just like just like sometimes you just that those those things that bring you down into what like feel like your depths you know like down into the pit, like that's sometimes that's where you really, where you really find, you know, who you are. So did you, when you hit that spot, like, again, everything fell apart. So you're not touring, you're not doing music because nobody was doing anything at that time. Everybody was, yeah, yeah. started with two weeks to flatten the curve. And then we're all like, how long is this going to last? So now your income, <laughs> how big is up. this curve? <laughs> yeah, your income's dried up. You're not going anywhere. You're not doing anything. You're not playing. Yeah. So, what that was you needed that but it didn't probably didn't feel like what you wanted at that oh no no i mean what we need is very i think very rarely uh what we want (laughs) (laughs) right like um no there was a lot um you know that first i'd say it was the first year or so that was kind of like sort of like the descent into I think maybe I'll talk about this at the concert tonight that, you know, before the pandemic, I was a professional guitarist. 
I said, I am. if you I am, I am my career. I mm-hmm. and when you, when you and uh, ever, I mean, I'm not gonna say everybody does this, but I'd say anybody who's very career oriented, at least I think at some point, starts to really believe that they are what they do, and I believed that I was nothing without what I did. You know, yeah. I believed I was nothing without my guitar playing. Like I. I, I would have honestly answered you that too, like like before the pandemic. That that is, like that's what defines me, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, when you believe you are something, and that thing gets taken away, what the heck are you then, man? Like, yeah. what the heck are you? And so that was a lot. That was a lot of the soul searching. Um, that man, it took some time. Like it took some time. It took some time to physically heal you know um and to just really really come to peace i think for me a lot of it was coming to peace with the idea that i might not be able to do music full time anymore like the idea that i might not be able to do i might not be able to play another concert i mean about a year in we still weren't doing live music yeah. you know about a year in it was like you know and uh coming to that peace was was really really important for me you know it was very humbling it was very um and i just found you know i i found within it just so much so much more fun learning to just be to be human (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know so much more fun learning to be human putting time into friendships putting time into my marriage um just all these things that make you human your success your career does that's 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 fine like it's good it's good but those things that make you human that that just of of savoring life you know walks in nature you know um i i always i always thought that when when i was out on the road and I go to a, like a wonderful community, like you know, like Open Arms Church, like I'm playing at tonight. Every time I've been to your church, I always feel very, very welcome. And I, I would always kind of use that as my—I'm an extrovert. I, mm-hmm. I do get my energy from people. I love it, but I always would kind of try to use that as as a replacement for for friendships for. You know that because I'm going into a community for a day, I hang out with people. I love hanging out with people, but then we're gone. Mm-hmm. We're gone, and I'm not going to see people for another two or three years. And and I think I would for a long time. I I just I wouldn't really keep friends. You know, I wouldn't like I wouldn't have f- friends back home partly because we didn't keep a home base for a long time. Well, yeah, the, without the home base, you're it's like you're nomadic. Yeah. You know, you would go and rent an Airbnb and Yeah, but even when we lived in Charlotte for 4 years, you know, I had I had access to some really good potential friends that I never mm-hmm. I never really built those friendships mm-hmm. like I like I wish I had, you know. Um, but this is this is all part of the learning process. You know, this is yeah. all part of life. All, It's all, all part of, you know, the human thing, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. When you talk about, um, you know, being faced with the question of, okay, I am Mark Cruz, acoustic guitarist, now who am I? Like, that's, I think, so many men will hang that hat of their identity on their career, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But, like, like, what happened? Like, your purpose is bigger than that you know yeah. your purpose is it, your purpose is the same whether you lose your hands in a horrible accident you know or not and yeah. the guitar is maybe part of your mission or part of your vision but is yeah. not not why you exist so some of that was you rediscovering that yeah it's um you know there was there was a lot of depression hmm. you know and that's but but the here's the thing about that that was always there. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was not a new thing, you know. I mean, like, and and I, I, I mean, you know, not to get too dramatic or anything, but pretty bad depression in the past, you know. It, it, it happened when I was still on tour, you know, like some really really dark stuff, honestly. Um, and it had been there since I was a kid, and. Uh, 
a lot of it was was a lot of you know a lot of inner work on that a lot of going in we talked about this a little bit last night when i got in um feeling old feelings you know and that a lot of that comes into inner child work thinking about you know i i had i mean i i think i had a good childhood but every I, everybody has everybody has some sort of uh, we'll call it is trauma but mm-hmm. trauma trauma when you say trauma it sounds so dramatic but it's you know it rhymes rhymes with drama yeah it rhymes with drama <laughs> but but trauma you know can be something as simple as feeling feeling your parents disappointment for the first time mm-hmm. like that's heavy or getting picked on in school or oh man how about that one mm-hmm. or getting like, let down by a teacher or a another girl that you like maybe and she's not interested in you You yeah Yeah, that kind of stuff can shape the way you see the world but as as men and especially as lutherans um (laughs) i was i was raised missouri synod lutheran but um as men as men in our culture at least while we were growing up um you know we're we're taught to push down those feelings i shouldn't even necessarily just say as men we are not, you know, you know, a big phrase is don't cry. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, d- like don't let out those feelings. And a lot of my work um, was going into old feelings, going into old feelings, feeling old feelings, uh, seeing how they impacted my career. You know, um, uh, you know, do you do you, do you meditate? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we um, I, I like I run into Christians sometimes that that are um that are, are hesitant to meditate because they they feel like like it's all about them uh whereas you know prayer is you know talking to god i i tend to think of prayer as talking to god which is 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 wonderful but i always think of meditation as communion mm-hmm. with god in that way and listening yes that, that's even better there josh um and uh and so a lot of it i feel like when you listen I feel like a lot of the time when you listen, if you can really get yourself in that mind quieted spot, that spot between thoughts, you know, um, you'll get answers, you know, ask questions and you'll get answers. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as far as, um, as far as disidentifying from, as far as answering the question of if I'm not my career, what am I? You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you, me, and every single one of us is a child of God. That's what we are at the at the core of all of it, and that's you know, that's infinitely more valuable than any success you know that that I could ever have. I, I'm sure it probably sounds like a cop out even to some people because I probably would have said that you know before the sure. pandemic even like who am I? Well, of course I'm not my guitar playing. You know I'm a child right, of God, right. <laughs> and it, but but to recognize that what what that means is that you are loved, like you know like you are loved regardless of if you're successful, you know regardless of you know regardless of if you're my parents were always so proud of me my parents were proud of me because my my guitar career i mean you know i i they i think they would say they're proud of me for other things Mm -hmm. but i always i always saw like you know i always saw with my guitar career hey you know i'm gonna i'm gonna do what my dad does i'm gonna support a family but i'm gonna do it with music which is really hard to do you know, I'm going to do it. And I was so proud of myself for being able to do that. So with taking it away and knowing, knowing that I'm still loved, knowing that there is still love for me, like that's, that's empowerment, man. Like that's, yeah. that's real empowerment. And that's, um, it's, it's been very, very beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah. Did you find working through that process, um, were there other areas of in your life that were kind of also butting up against it? You know, I know like in my own life going through a very similar kind of breakdown almost, you know, when the pandemic hit, you know, everything changed so fast for so many of us, you know, there was, you know, my wife and I, you know, here we are trying to grow and, and 
and have a stronger relationship. And then we're button heads with each other, you know, because we're both working through. Did that, did you have any of that with your marriage or anything else? Or I, at the end of the day, I mean, the pandemic it definitely brought Nora and I much closer together. I mean, and we were already close. We mm-hmm. were we were. We were very close. We were touring together for two years, you know, and we we traveled very, very well together. We did. I think there was a certain this is something that is, you know, this is this is a difficult thing, I think, for a lot of men. You know, we're taught uh, we're taught that we're supposed to be, you know, the breadwinners of the family. Mm -hmm. We're taught that we're supposed to be bringing in, you know, the income. And for, you know, first seven years of our marriage, you know, the, my, my career was both of our full-time jobs. Uh, pandemic hits. Uh, we had some savings, you know, from, from touring and everything, but my wife had to go out and get a job. And she ended up, you know, bringing in more money than I was, you know, bringing in. I was teaching some lessons and everything, but there was a certain aspect of that that, you know, and I'm, I'm a feminist, I'm straight up. I'm. I am. I. I will go right ahead and be on Manlyhood podcast and yeah. say, man, sorry, Manlyhood mancast. Yeah, <laughs> and say, you know, yes, I'm a feminist. I am all about equality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for you know, like, stri- like straight up. I am. I am. I really am. I'm. I. I. I would venture to say I'm more of a feminist than even my wife is. <laughs> but, but there is something heavily rooted in the way that I was raised. In, in the culture that we're raised in, in things that are changing, where uh, as as a man, being like having to having to learn that humility of of no, nah, my wife makes you know my wife makes more money than me at this point, you know, and and being you know being being okay with that. There was a certain aspect of that where where I was not okay with that for a second, you know, like where it was. And, and like, you know, even even now, like with talking to people, you know, it can still be kind of, I mean, I'm getting my career back and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm doing my first, you know, you know, packed out concert tour in, in a while. Uh, but and it's it's a it's a healthy tour. You know, it's what I, I think it's nine or ten shows in two weeks. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm back. I feel like I'm back in my guitar career and everything. But you, I also feel like my guitar career was a car that had crashed into a wall, and now I'm trying to, st- I'm starting it back up again, and everything. Yeah. Like, and there's a humility in that too. You know, that is humbling in itself, um, and kind of going back to uh, square one in a way, learning more and more about like just just being human. You know, feeling those feelings, and being okay with it. You know, like just and 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 a lot of you know putting trust putting trust in god to make it right you know to do what is right he knows what you know if i i think we were talking earlier you know i've i've got this and if i don't god's got it you know <laughs> like yeah so you had talked about um you know having some health problems in there too so yet there was the depression and the mental health and then yeah so we i think we've talked about lyme disease a little bit which Mm -hmm. is is a bit of a mystery you know lyme disease is a weird you had a like little bit of a did you have a thing i got bit by a tick Uh and then got really sick Mm -hmm. and you know you call the doctor and they're like look by the time we get the blood test back uh we should have treated you. So, so they have you take the, you. take the antibiotics. And then, you know, and, and I was really sick for about a week and a half, like really bad. And then, yeah. um, you know, I've had some fatigue and things after that, but it's hard to tell whether the fatigue is, you know, being, you know, in my forties and fat or if that's, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? But, um, so yeah, Lyme's disease is weird because it's like, like, so they never even tested me for it, but when they gave me the antibiotic for it, I mean, I got better. So it could have been that. You yeah, know, it seems like it was that. Yeah, it's. Um, I know that for me, symptoms didn't really start showing up until about I don't know two years after mm-hmm. the first tick bite that I ever had. Um, and it can be like that. Yeah, and. And oh, and and mine never got diagnosed either. Right. You know, we got it tested, but it it came back negative. But they were like, well, but tests are some kind. Of... So a lot of the symptoms were very, you know, were very similar. I had done 
like a few rounds of like supplements. Like I mm -hmm. never, I mean, at that point, two years in, they're not going to have you do a bunch of antibiotics. Right. Yeah. Um, or if you did it, like, I don't know a lot of what, a lot of what I kind of heard about it, it was kind of like, well, we, we got kind of a natural approach going Japanese, not weed, uh, some other things. I don't, I don't really remember cause it's, it's been a while since I've, since I've taken any of this stuff, but I had a lot of fatigue. Uh, sugars would hit me really hard. Um, uh, sugars still do kind of, but I'm, I'm doing a lot better. And to be honest, Josh, I feel like a lot of it, I feel like it was almost more, I, this, I hope it doesn't sound too woo woo or anything, but it almost felt like a lot of it had more of an emotional cause, you know, that I was so wrapped up in, so wrapped up in my career. I was so wrapped up in perfectionism, you know, if, um, if people watch the videos of what I do, if you, you know, if you, if you type in Mark Cruz on YouTube and you see, you know, you see the videos and stuff and this isn't, this is, I'm not saying this to, to be like, Oh, you know, I'm so, you know, such a good guitarist or anything, but like putting those arrangements together, some of them took like four years, four years of like, like hardcore, like practice and technicality. And on some level, I got some great joy out of that, mm -hmm. but on other levels, <laughs> is it healthy? I don't know, man. Right. Like on other levels, I look back, I'm like, I don't know if I can get myself to do something that complicated again. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm that much of a perfectionist. Or anymore. if you need to. Or if I need to. I, yeah. I, I, I don't, I've had a lot of folks on this tour I, I think, and I think it's a, I think it's a, a lot of the times it's a lot of, it's a question of our parents' generation a lot of the time mm -hmm. of, of, so what's next? You know, what's your five-year plan and everything? And this is very much a testing the waters tour. You know, people are asking me what's next. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm doing a <laughs> podcast with my friend Josh, you know, after this, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's very much a, I don't I don't know what's next for music, you know, in general, like like in our world, you know, what live music really looks like. I can tell you that I've been very happy with the way this tour has gone so far. Um, I'm going to get home and probably start putting feelers out about the next tour. I don't know if it'll be to Texas or what. You know, I'll I'll probably kind of, you know, say a prayer and see see what the next like request is you know because because when you book a tour some of it i i have a network you know i i have a i have a substantial network because I, I toured for 10 years of places that i'll go back to but then you get you get folks you know sending emails saying hey you know could we bring you in here or there and so we'll kind of see what comes in in the future and I'm, i might kind of base it around that uh the thing that i'm very very passionate about that that is next. I, I should say this this is the next thing. I have a vocal album that I need to finish. And I'll be playing a few songs from it tonight at Open Arms. Awesome. Um and it's it has been my passion project for four or five years, but it would always get interrupted by tours. In fact, right now it technically it's getting interrupted by this tour, but it's almost done. It's very, very close to being done. We recorded the drums for it uh in early twenty eighteen. And um, I uh, I love these songs, and it's kind of an alt country kind of feel. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of my favorite bands are uh, Lucero. Um, uh, I, I you know I love Drive By Truckers, Jason Isbell. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's it's a little bit that kind of feel, and uh, I I love the way it's turning out. I really really do, and I just need to record the vocals on it. Um, but that'll be out in the fall. Um, maybe by the time you put up this podcast, I'll have a pre-sale up on my website for it. I should, I, I'll, uh, I'll probably try to do that. So, um, but I've always, I've always loved writing lyrics, but there's something so vulnerable about, about singing songs, about writing lyrics. You know, there's something vulnerable about singing in general, because that's the most, that is the closest instrument that you have to yourself. You know, like I have my guitar playing, but it's like, that's not part of my body. You know, like my voice is right here. And um, writing lyrics, you know, I put my heart into it more than anything else, you know, that, that I, that I've, any other art that I do. And so the idea of sharing that, it, it feels very, very, very vulnerable. But 
I think I've really learned over the past couple of years that the more things that we can do in our lives that, that bring out our vulnerabilities, like that's really where we grow, man. Yeah. Like that's really, really where we grow. And, and I think that for men, um, men and women, I mean, people, people need to be able to talk <laughs> about their feelings yeah. straight up. You got to talk about your feelings with people. I, and like, I think that's easier for women by default most of the time. I, I don't know because I don't know what it's like to be a woman. That's true. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and, and I, I think that's a big thing with, with, like, with the way that we approach anything in our culture. I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I don't know what it's like to be a man who wishes he was a woman. I don't know what it's like to be gay. I don't know what it's like to be any of those things. I know what it's like to be a straight white man, you know, like, and so with like within that, it's, it's so hard. It's, it's, it's hard for me, you know, it's hard for me to make decisions for other people Mm -hmm. or, or say, you know, but I do think it's important. I think it's important for men to talk about their feelings Cause man, like I run into a lot of dudes where, like, I run into some guys where, like, they'll say something like, "Like, yeah, I cried one time." I'm like, "Oh, I cried one time. It was like this morning, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like ten minutes ago." <laughs> like, like, feel your feelings. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's um, it's okay. It's it's not just okay. It's necessary. It's so necessary. I I think we have a cultural situation where it's almost like a faux stoicism. And I call it that because stoicism... I like that phrase, man. Stoicism is not about denying the fact that you have emotions or feelings. Mm -hmm. You know, like you actually have the emotion, but you don't let the emotion master you. So you process it and then you make decisions based off of logic and truth and and those kinds of things, weighing the emotion properly, you know, Mm -hmm. but this... John Wayne, uh, Rocky Balboa, you know, Chuck Norris culture that we have, yeah. which, and it's funny because all of those guys had emotions, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? But, but the image that they portray, you know, that, that's out there, it we, we like, yeah, it's like we, we want all of the benefits of stoicism where we, where we, we think with logic and with truth and with, you know, common yeah. sense but we don't want to feel the emotion because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And so we try to pretend like it's stoicism, but it's faux stoicism. Faux stoicism. Josh Hatcher, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's great, man. And it's it's funny as you were listening as you were listing off those, you know, those characters John Wayne, Chuck Norris, you know, and that stoicism like as a man, I don't know about you, but like those are the guys I want to be. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like those are the guys like like when you think of of being a man, and you know there's every I, I I imagine the the more men that I meet and I talk to about this, the more men I realize are are I can't say it without swearing. Um, it's all good. You can swear. No, no, I won't. I won't. <laughs> I, I I really I really try not to uh, on. Um, in this setting anyway um, <laughs> i am so holy <laughs> um oh man uh but uh but what what i think what i think it is for me is i see other men as always having their act together mm-hmm. i see a guy on the street i'm like for whatever reason, I look at him like that dude has, has his act together. That that dude has his act together, and not never feeling like I have my act together. And uh, I've just had a few just really really great moments over the past couple of years of being with you know a bunch of dudes and realizing that nobody has their act together. Yeah, we're all screwed Literally, up. Nobody has their act together. It is amazing. It feels really freeing and incredible to 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 be able to see you know i we all as men too we all really we try to look hard you know we try to look hard like that's the thing like that is like i love tattoos i think it's i think it's awesome 
And one day I'll get tattoos. One day I'm going to get this arm sleeved because I like tattoos. But I need to get to a point where I won't feel like a poser. Right. You know, I won't feel where I won't feel like I'm trying to look hard. You know what I mean? So, like, so get like doves and hearts and rainbows and stories, <laughs> you know, like then you can have your arm all tatted up and it doesn't look hard like teddy bears. You know? I, I, no, I mean, I, I still I I have no idea, man. I have no idea. I think they look I really do think they look cool. Like I'm never looking at a guy who has tattoos and being like being like, oh, that guy's a poser or anything. I'm like, no, that guy looks awesome. Like <laughs> that guy looks like he has his act together. You know. But when, but, but when you talk to him and if he's willing to be open, he's got the same stuff that everybody else is going yeah. through, you know? Yeah, man. And so much of this, you know, we were talking about, like, you know, trying to appear hard. We walk with our shoulders back and everything down the street, chest out and stuff. Like, you know, and so much of this work over the past year for me has been about softening, mm. you know? Um, and uh, not taking life so seriously. You know, like, that's a big thing. Not taking myself so seriously. Um, because I, I I, really felt for a long time, like, you know, my guitar career was the most important thing in the world to me. And then I saw the world without my guitar career. World was doing just fine. You know, world was doing... Yeah, I mean, we were in a global health crisis. It right, was a right. little yeah. rough. Just fine is debatable, <laughs> but, but I know what you mean. It still turned... <laughs> but it was um it was all it it's it's been a very important couple of years for me yeah you know very important and uh hard lessons man but just i, I wouldn't i wouldn't trade them in you know awesome yeah so i know we got to get uh moving forward for a concert that you've got to do here in a little bit. Let me ask you a couple questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I like to ask all my guests. There's actually three. Yeah. The first one, and we kind of hinted at this earlier, but the first one is this. What What does it take to be a man? There's a lot of, you know, questions about what does it mean to be a man? Exactly. In our, in our culture today. What does it mean, you know? I mean... Did you talk at all about that Will Smith Chris Rock slap um, when that I, happened? I I haven't on the podcast yet. I have talked about it in the like in our group, like in the discussion yeah. group a little bit, and had some. You know that feedback. that was it's a funny. very interesting thing to yeah. have happen in and our. So yeah, it was. And then as a as a man, like the self control aspect is one thing that we value in a man, yeah. but also defending your wife is something that we value in a man. So it's yeah. it's almost like. I don't know how I feel about yeah, it. <laughs> right? Yeah. I was I was also like I was it was it was very interesting when it happened because it definitely put me in the spot of, you know, if I were, you know, if I were Will Smith and, you know, asking, "Well, am I doing this, you know, am I doing this because everybody's eyes are on me? Am mm -hmm. I doing, you know, the way that I'm behaving in this situation?" But yeah, anyway, like those kinds of things, uh there is a lot of there's a lot of talk in our culture you know there's that term toxic masculinity that gets thrown around which i believe is a real thing but it's not all it's not that all masculinity is toxic and right. that's the right. thing that's that the, gets very very dangerous because we need good strong men but, you know yeah and i had a great conversation with my friend ryan recently about the idea of being protective but respectful to respect to tell your wife to tell my wife um, I am 100% here for you in any, you know, you and I, right before this, right before we started, we were talking about the Will Smith, Chris Rock slap right, right. and everything to, and, and however you, you know, viewers or listeners feel about that, you know, that, that part is, I don't like talking about celebrities too much right. because it's just, it's, it's not. It's not us, you know, it's not like they, who, who they're even knows so, if it's real. Anyway? Who even knows oh, if it's real, right. you know, but, but it did bring up questions for me. Like, how would I behave in that situation? But to tell my wife, I am 100% here for you for anything that you need me to do, but to also respect, there is a certain amount. You just have to respect that your wife, that my wife, that everybody's wives, they've got it. You know, that's part, and that is part of being a feminist, mm -hmm. you know, is to be, to be protective, 
but to be respectful part of you know being a feminist as a man um i you know at least at least the way that i would say it um but i i have gained you know i i already you know obviously had a lot of respect for my wife before the pandemic but i have i mean i look up to my wife so much you know she is she is absolutely amazing um i'm sorry it didn't really answer the question man no, but it really didn't that's okay though because it was a great discussion yeah <laughs> like i asked these questions because i know that what comes out of it is what we need to hear from you you know yeah. what i mean like that's a that's a good answer that's but good i about. mean but as far as the question goes i think that that is something that our entire culture is very much on a and myself included I mean, I'm on this path too. I'm 36 years old and I'm, I, I really thought I'd have my act together by the time I was 36 years old. But as we talked about, that's not going to happen anytime soon. I, I wonder how many guys look at you and think he's really got his act together. Oh man. Poor Probably guys. Probably a lot more than you think. Like, oh man, they're, they'll be sorely disappointed the minute I open my mouth, you know? Um, but, but it's something that I'm, I, that I've been asking myself a lot over the past year, you know, is, uh, yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. You stumped me. Well, this one might also get a little bit deep. So let's say you run into the eight, nine, ten-year-old version of Mark Cruz. Like like when I was eight or nine? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. So you, big Mark yeah. Cruz, gets to meet up with little Mark Cruz. Yeah. And you got the opportunity to tell him one thing. What do you want to tell him? <sighs> That's heavy because I've, you know, I've done a lot of inner child work over the past couple of years, you know. Um, uh, there was a lot of, there's a lot of growing up in the church. If we're not careful with our kids, there's a lot of it that can turn into shame. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think, Oh, I mean, I know 100% what I tell the kid. I tell him, man, it's going to be okay. Like, it's that's what it would be. It's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be okay. And you're loved, you know, um, and that it's okay to love yourself. Like, that is, that it's not, that is not something that we are, that we are taught much in the Christian church. I mean, depending on your church, but mm-hmm. like, um, we're we i think we often can end up looking at self-love as some kind of narcissism but it's it's really very much the opposite you know i had a friend tell me i had a friend tell me long uh not not that long ago um you know if your neighbor comes to you and he asks for a cup of flour and you um you don't have a cup of flour for yourself you're not going to be able to give a cup of flour to your neighbor you know, if you don't have any love for yourself, you're not really going to be able to give love to others. And it's not a it's not a buildup of the ego or anything like that. But mm-hmm. it comes down to knowing that you're a child of God. It comes down to knowing that that God loves you, and therefore you love yourself. You know. Um. But uh. But yeah. Sorry, kind of went on a tangent there. Well, that's but, good. But yeah. Um. I, I run into some people where I I mean I've I, I haven't asked that specific question to them but I I run into some people that'll talk about like their younger self as like a little brat or like a dumb dumb 17 year old kid or something like what was I thinking and they'll be so hard on this on this kid and it breaks my heart man like it just it just breaks my heart because like ain't easy being 17 you know like that's uh that's that's a tough time you know it ain't it's not easy it's not easy being you know seven eight or nine you know especially like being picked on and stuff like that people are not people people are often willing to give others grace more than we give people credit for i think people give people a lot of grace they really do but the one thing the person they will not give grace to is their themselves Mm. you know and um I think I think people need to be willing to give themselves a little bit of grace sometimes. Mm. Yeah. All right, my next question. What's your best advice for the men that are listening today? 
You've given a lot of really good advice, by the way, all the way through. So. Oh, I didn't mean for it to be advice. Gosh, <laughs> no, don't listen to me. <laughs> My best advice for the men listening today is don't listen to me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I, I, I do come back to, I do come back to, to fellowship. So that's a difficult word, though. Fellowship is. Um, like, like I don't mind the word fellowship. It's great. With it's a word we use in the church a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, like food and fellowship, you right. know. But food is the big important one, and um, <laughs> and and it's it's almost like it's a step down from friendship. Even like it seems so mm. cordial. Like, right, right. But I'm talking about have friends, have friends that you can open up to. Um, you know. Uh, and I don't know, a lot of the men that I run into, a lot of my male friends are better at opening up to, up to their female friends Mm -hmm. than to their male friends. And personally, you know, and I think that's fine. I mean, I open up to my wife probably better than I do to a lot of my male friends, but I've really been trying to get better at opening up to other men and, um, and I don't necessarily try to pry feelings out of other guys, but usually what I usually, usually what I find is I'm like, okay, I'm gonna check in, you know, I'm gonna check in with Chris, you know, see how he's doing and everything. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna check in, like be like, hey man, you know, I haven't seen you in a while. Just want to see how you're doing with this thing that you, you know, just mentioned a little bit and stuff. Be like, yeah, man, I'm fine. <laughs> okay, okay, we're good then. Yep, yep, that's it. And, and I won't. I mean, I won't push. I'll just be like, okay, cool. See you. You know, yeah. And I'm, I'm trying to be. I'm trying to get better at at that kind of thing. But, um, you know, don't bottle up your feelings. I think it's something yeah. that we've been doing for far too long as men, as people. Uh, you know, and women do it too. You know, like uh, it's just that that is something where where i believe on some level that you can bottle them up too much man and they i i i i don't know some people some folks believe that myself included believes that there can you can you can end up having like you know even physical ailments bottling stuff up for too long you know like um but yeah talk about your feelings you know go into that discomfort like go into it. why does it why is it uncomfortable why is it uncomfortable to be you know you can answer well it's because you're vulnerable why is it uncomfortable for you to be vulnerable you know ask yourself that string of questions go into that and I don't know I guess I guess that's what I would say hey I think that is excellent advice and it's something we can definitely think about and talk about and I agree with you 100% I think that that is it's an important thing to do and you know and like you said, it's a man and woman thing, but especially, you know, within this context, as a man, it's it's difficult, and it's something that we have to do more. and And I have found that, and you know what? And maybe not to everybody, maybe not everybody's ready for it, but find somebody that you can talk to about it. Yeah, because I mean, like, let's face it, you know, I mean, it. Not everybody, you know, you can hear this podcast. You know, as the listener, you can hear this podcast and go, okay, I'm going to go open up to my friends <laughs> and your friends, Are you know, <laughs> they, they might not be ready for feelings. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, so tell people about the man cast, you know, yeah. tell people listen <laughs> so to they it. can listen to it too. And also want to open up, about it. invite them, invite them to go on a long drive with you, put in this episode and then talk about it. <laughs> Josh, I think at this point, if, if we've got guys listening to this together in the car, they've probably already turned us off. Uh, so <laughs> it's all good. Everybody like, guys, we're not talking about this. Nope. <laughs> so Mark, uh, if people want to get connected with you, with your music, I know you've got an album that you're working on. What's the best way for them? Yeah, to so I uh, all of my music, you know, you can find it on all of the platforms. Uh, if you do want to download it from my website, that's um, uh, it, that's on a donation basis, even. But like you know, Spotify, Apple Music, however you listen to music, uh, it's Mark Cruz. Cruz is spelled K R O O S. It's spelled just like kangaroos without the anga. 
<laughs> but I'm sure Josh has it has it written in the title or or, or wherever on this podcast. Um, so all over, connect with me on Facebook, social media. I've really enjoyed TikTok recently, to be honest, because it's it's just quick fifteen second videos and it's it's pretty fun. I do think by the time this podcast uh, airs, I'll probably I'll probably have a pre sale up for the new album on my website, uh, which will be the vocal album. Um, but yeah, social media, all that, the, you know, the dueling banjos video on YouTube is the one that people go to. That was the video that got, got pretty big in 2013, really kind of got me my guitar career. Mm -hmm. Um, but my favorite video, I think, and Nora would agree on this. I think her favorite video is, uh, come together by the Beatles. Uh, she, she did the editing on that one and she was very proud of it. And so am I. I think one of my favorite things that I've seen you do, by the way, just to throw it out there, is playing two ACDC songs at the same time. Oh, that's a fun parlor <laughs> trick. Yeah. Uh, I believe... Yeah, if you typed in Mark Cruz ACDC, there's a video of that. There's a video of that. Yeah, I play... Sun I can... I, I learned a while back to be able to, to play Thunderstruck and Back in Black at the same time. And um, it... it, it it's fun. It's really fun. I mean, it's really fun. Like, it's not the whole song or anything. That wouldn't sound very good, but it's a snippet, yeah. you know? Yeah. That, was, that so. was one of my favorite little things when I, when, I, when I like to watch. But, yeah. So, awesome, guys. Make sure you check out Mark. Look at the stuff he's doing. And uh, if you want to reach out to him, I'm sure he'd welcome a message or an email. So Yeah, so definitely. Definitely. Thanks a lot for listening, folks. And Josh, seriously, thanks so much for having me on. I, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I'm so glad we got to do it in we, person. We've been talking about it for years, actually. Yeah, so this, uh, I'm really glad. This was a blast, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Mark, I appreciate so much the time that you spent with us uh, at my house as my guest, uh, the performance that you gave at Open Arms. And I'm going to tell you what, I really, really enjoy this conversation with you. So I appreciate it. Listen, if you uh, appreciate what you're hearing from Mark, if you want to check out his music, please, the links are in the show notes. Uh, yeah, and, you know, if you've got a place or you know of a place that would be interested in having him play, why don't you get in touch with him? Let's book him in your city. Also, guys, let me talk to you about something else real quick. We've got a limited run of this. This was made by our friends at Hemp Mafia. It is our Dirty Beard Oil. This is made with CBD, so that's going to be full of all kinds of benefits for you. It's also got some oils in here like cinnamon and lemon and peppermint and some other things that have antibacterial properties. So, yeah, it literally will make your dirty beard clean. And uh, I want you to have it. So it's for sale. We've got a limited run. If this does well, this will be a product we carry often. But for right now, if you want to get it, go to manlyhood.com store. We've got some other goodies in there as well. Gentlemen. It has been a pleasure hanging out with you today. I just want you to know that I love you and I care about you. And I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.